Welcome to the Wealth Experience podcast series where our subject matter experts provide the latest updates on what's happening in the world around us. Brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Hello, everybody. My name is Sylvain Brisebois, and I'm a Senior Vice President, National Sales Manager with BMO Private Wealth. Today, I'm here with Elizabeth Kreitz, Director of Estate Planning with BMO, have a conversation about wealth transfers. Elizabeth, an inheritance can bring both benefits and burdens to a beneficiary. But there's a way to convey only the benefits to the beneficiary and enlist someone else to manage the burdens of them. Let's talk about that, if that's okay, this morning. And I'll start with this question. Why can a testamentary trust be a beneficial way to structure an inheritance? The thing is, an inheritance often comes with both benefits and responsibility. And that's a good way of looking at the balance that structuring an inheritance as a trust accomplishes. Testators want to benefit a recipient with the positive things that an inheritance can provide, such as maintaining or improving their everyday lifestyle, reducing financial strain, and and providing life-enhancing opportunities, such as an education and travel. At the same time, testators also generally don't want to impede the recipient's personal drive, don't want to burden the recipient. And depending on the situation, the recipient just may not be in a position to be able to manage an outright inheritance because they're too young or dealing with health issues or creditor concerns, anything like that. What a testamentary trust does is that it separates the benefit of an inheritance from the responsibility by creating two separate roles. The beneficiary receives all the benefits of the inheritance, and the trustee has the responsibility of managing the inheritance for the beneficiary in accordance with the parameters of the trust. And those parameters will be written out in the will and um, will set out the rules for how the trust fund is to be managed by the trustee, and will also indicate for how long this arrangement will be in place. And that could be until the beneficiary attains a certain age or for a preset number of years um, for the beneficiary's lifetime, or the trust could even be multi-generational. Okay, interesting. And, and that sounds like a pretty good solution for many situations that the testamentary trust can, can serve. So what, can you speak to the assets that can be held in a testamentary trust? A testamentary trust can be funded by all or a portion of the net estate. It can be funded by a cash amount, or it can be funded by specific assets, such as an investment account, real property, or shares in a private company. But there are three main things to keep in mind. Uh, Firstly, the trust assets must be assets that are governed by the testator's will, because certain assets won't be, such as assets that are beneficially co-owned by the deceased and someone else as joint tenants with a right of survivorship and assets such as RSPs, CFSAs, or life insurance when the designated beneficiary is an individual, not the estate. So all of those assets will be transferred outside of the will and can't fund a testamentary trust. The second thing to keep in mind is that when illiquid assets such as real property or private company shares are going to be held in a trust for a period of time, The testator should also remember to allocate enough liquid assets to the trust so that ongoing trust expenses, such as trustee compensation, property tax, and accounting fees can be paid. The last thing to keep in mind 
is the tax aspect of the assets funding the testamentary trust, because the funding is triggered by a taxable event, which is the death of the testator. When the trust beneficiary is going to be someone other than a surviving spouse, it's important to remember that the tax triggered by the death of the testator is generally funded from the estate residue. So if the beneficiary of the trust and the beneficiary of the residue aren't the same people, that can cause a mismatch between the individual benefiting from the assets and the individual whose inheritance is being reduced by the tax. On the other hand, uh, a testamentary spousal trust for a surviving spouse can generally be funded on a tax-deferred basis. If the trust is structured so that during the surviving spouse's lifetime, the surviving spouse will be entitled to the trust income and will be the only possible recipient of capital distributions. Okay, thank you. And, and so looks like tax consideration is something to be thoughtful about. Once the testamentary trust is up and running, how is it taxed going forward? A testamentary trust is a separate taxpayer that is subject to the top personal marginal tax rate, subject to certain limited exceptions. However, any investment income generated by the trust that is paid or payable before the end of the year to a beneficiary will be a deduction to the trust and will be taxed in the hands of the beneficiary. Assuming that the trust continues to own certain assets for the long term, the general rule for tax purposes is that the trust will have a taxable event every 21 years when it will be deemed to have disposed of and reacquired its assets at fair market value and may, because of this, be subject to capital gains tax. This 21-year rule doesn't apply to all trusts. For example, it doesn't apply to a spousal trust. Also, when a trust asset is a principal residence, the principal residence exemption may apply um, to exempt from tax the capital gains on that asset, but that's just for certain types of trusts, such as a spousal trust or a trust for an orphan child, but only until the orphan attains 18 years of age. Okay, very good. Now, Elizabeth, I want to go back to the role of the trustee for a moment, if I can. It sounds like having a highly qualified trustee is going to be essential for these strategies. Can you speak to the duties of the trustee? That is absolutely correct, Sylvain. The trustee is literally entrusted with the inheritance. That's why the trustee has three types of fiduciary duties to the beneficiary. There is the duty of loyalty, which means that the trustee must manage the trust in a way that is in the best interest of the beneficiary and must avoid any conflicts of interest. There is the duty of full disclosure, which means that the trustee must keep the beneficiary informed about decisions involving the trust and such as how the trust fund is being invested. And lastly, there is the duty of care, which means that the trustee must act as a reasonably prudent person would when managing a trust. And if the trustee is a professional trustee, it must adhere to an even higher standard of care. Being a trustee involves a lot of responsibility over often a long period of time. So for this reason, a lot of clients, instead of appointing an individual as the trustee, decide to appoint a corporate trustee, such as BMO Trust Company. Very good. Thank you, Elizabeth, for sharing this with us. Uh, and I'm not sure whether you would agree, but it's my it's my view that testamentary trusts are probably underused uh, in estate planning across the Canadian landscape. And it's a topic that I think a lot of our clients would be interested in. Now, how can they learn more if they want to uh, to sharpen their knowledge on this? 
It was my pleasure, Sylvan, talking to you about this topic. Um, and I'm excited to let you know that BMO has a new article for clients called Estate Planning for Spouses and Children Using Testamentary Trust. And that article goes into the topic of testamentary trusts in more detail. Clients can contact their advisor and request a copy. Very good. Thank you, Elizabeth. This was an excellent conversation, very informative uh, today, and it gives us important insight into the strategy and structuring an inheritance as a testamentary trust. For our clients listening today, you're encouraged to contact your advisor to get a copy of the article that Elizabeth is mentioning here to learn more about this opportunity for you and for your beneficiaries. And as always, we wish you a wonderful day. Stay well. Take good care of yourselves. And thank you, Elizabeth, for sharing some insight. Have a good day. This podcast series has been brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Please join us again.